Thanks for listening to Leadership Level Up. I'm Brian Prairie. And I'm Dr. Jeff Williamson. I am just starting my leadership journey. And I've been guiding leaders for 30 years. Our podcast aims to shine a spotlight on outstanding leaders and provide a platform for them to describe their leadership journey and share the guiding principles that have helped them become great leaders. Welcome to Leadership Level Up Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Williamson, my co-host, Brian Prairie. And we're back for another conversation with Celeste Kelly. And in our previous time together, we, we had some great conversations about just passion for the work that we do and some of the things you've observed and leaders along the way. This time, we obviously want to pull that in too, but love to hear more about your professional journey, some of the different things that you've done over the years, different roles, as well as your consulting business that you're still very involved in a lot of interesting things. So thanks for coming back. It's good to have you back with us, but we want to, we want to hear more from you. It's it's good to be with you too. This is, um, you're doing a good job as interviewers. I just have to say from you. Thank you, ma'am. That's high praise with the decades of career experience in that. I I received that with Well, I think, you know, back to leaders and um, the things we talked about before, encouraging people, um, I've been blessed by working with people who don't place limits. In other words, um, I think in the other segment I talked about, Elwin would never said no. Um, We want to do this. We want to do that. Um, And he would never say, no, you can't do that. We don't have the money. He would always say, what do you need? How can I help? And so my first television job um, was in the era of cable television, okay. right when cable came on the scene and uh, systems who had uh, X number of subscribers, I don't remember what the number was, okay. <clears throat> had to provide X number of hours of locally produced programs. That was in Peoria. And um, we had a good Two, let's say two guys were from San Francisco. The program director was from San Francisco. The general manager was not production oriented, but he loved what we were doing. So he just, his, his style was he just stayed out of the way. Mm. Oh, you need money? Okay. Let you do your thing. <laughs> do your thing, but do it really well. Do it right. really well. And so that's kind of how we were. We did things that... Um, I don't know that other people were doing. Uh, 1976, uh, during the presidential election, we I did a series of interviews with all the presidential candidates. And um, there's a piece of history. The, yeah. the, yeah. yeah. the, the, the technology uh, wasn't then what it is today. And True. so um, Briggs, the program director, um, decided that what he would do is he called it bicycling, uh, literally. Um, hot footing with, a, you know, X number of tapes to this station, and then they would take it to the next station so that okay. all the cable stations in this particular grouping around the state of Illinois had access to these programs and could air them. I don't know whether that led to um, some of the other things that happened then. It could have. I don't know. But we were on a, uh, a shoot one day at a Frank Lloyd Wright house owned by just the loveliest couple, a beautiful home. And so, you know, we're, they let us go through the whole house and everything. And all of a sudden the phone rings and uh, the host um, came out and said, Celeste, you have a phone call. And I said, oh, okay. And she said, it's the office and it's urgent. 
And I'm like, oh, okay. oh, thinking something happened to my son or what, you know, what could be, we're on a shoot. You don't interrupt. Yeah. Right. Do so answer the phone. And she said, hi, it's Dottie. And I said, you sound, what's the matter? She said, the White House just called. They need to talk to you. Like the White House. <laughs> and I said. Most of us don't get that message. No. In our well, I said, what do you mean? Is this some kind of a joke? And she said, no, no, no. And they said, you have to call them back, like, right now. And I said, what is – she said, just stop asking questions and call them. So <laughs> do it. I said to Briggs, the program director, I said, I need to take a break. He said, what's going on? So I told him, and he said, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> right, right. The White House yeah, called sure, you. Sure. Uh-huh. Right, okay. sure. And I said, here's the number. So he says, okay, we're going to you, – you call, we're going to listen. So anyway, long story short, it was the White House calling, and they were calling to see if our station would be um, – Station of record mm-hmm. for President Ford's um, conference on domestic and economic affairs in Peoria. Whoa! So we fed Why, all the sure. networks. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, oh, right, right. And so I had him. It wasn't on speaker, but Briggs was there, and he was hearing, and he was going, "Say yes, yeah. <laughs> say yes, say yes." <laughs> I said, "Oh, okay." Yeah. So um, wonderful experience. Um, he could have said no. Um, Frank, the general manager, could have said. Are you kidding me? We're not prepared it's too for this. Much. It's just too much. It's too big. It's too much to tackle. Nobody said no. So we didn't know where when it was too much or you're not qualified right. or you can't because let's find out. Let's find out. Yeah. It was wonderful. It was mm-hmm. absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. It was a two or three day, mm-hmm. no sleep. You oh, know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Earn, whatever you else, were getting paid, it wasn't enough. It wasn't but enough. it was well, still no. worth it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, the money, you know, that's the other thing. When you're doing what you love, certainly at that age, mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking about money. I was thinking, I have to earn, excuse me, I have to earn a living right. because I have to support my son. Sure. And one of my mother's dear friends said, as long as you have to do this, just make sure you're doing something you really love because then it won't be so hard to say goodbye in the morning. Right. And she was absolutely right. Absolutely right. So um, I think, you know, again, always back to the leadership thing. Don't say no to somebody. Mm-hmm. Let them fly. Say yes as much as you can. I've right, often heard people right, say that. Right, right. right. Yeah. So those were, I mean, two experiences there. And we just kept we just kept doing other things and other things and other things. And um And when something like that comes along and you execute it and you pull it off, then we start to think, what else could we what do? What else can yeah. I do? What else might we be able to pull right. off that exactly. sounds too big or too exactly. scary? Right. Let's do it anyway. Three weeks with the Secret Service. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. In the Pear Marquette, or what was the Pear Marquette Hotel at that time, it was the most un- unbelievable experience. I mean, later in life, I worked with Secret Service again, interviewing presidential candidates. But for something like that, it wasn't just him. It wasn't mm-hmm. President Ford that was just there. It was all kinds of senators and mm-hmm. representatives and, you know, heads of state. And it was a forced education and security. Right. Oh, oh totally. First times, totally. You know? Totally. But again, yeah. nobody said no. Nobody said you can't do this. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have any training in this. Well, they were right. I never worked with the White House before. <laughs> yeah. Until you did. Until, Until you I did. did. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Right. And it was yeah. that simple. 
Just that and I think, I, you but know, they trusted you too. Yeah. Like they trusted you to make yeah. the, the, the proper decision. We can figure it out. Yeah. Right? Well, right. And, you know, if you made the wrong decision, there was always the Secret Service there to say, no. Mm-hmm. Can't do that. Don't go there. No. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's so yeah. good. And I think fear holds us back from so many oh, glorious does. experiences. It does. You're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, that I, probably for most of us, but cert- certainly for me, that's been an area of growth to just, you know, you right. think of something and go, oh, man. That's a lot, right? You know, I just try to say, why not? At that age, I didn't, I wasn't afraid. And I wasn't Mm -hmm. afraid because nobody told me I couldn't do something. In that case, I think that's great. I think Mm -hmm. that's a good thing. Right. Right. Fear comes along off and on in our lives and it does get in the way. So, but most of the time in my journey, it sounds like you too, is like what we feared often doesn't even come true in oh, a right. bad way oh, right. when yeah. we take right. that step to do something really courageous and exciting right. mm-hmm. and we realize the fear was worth the risk. You just yeah. jump. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's been a growth point for me over yeah. the years. You know, I'm not, I wasn't yeah. as naturally a like fly out off the high dive kind of guy, but well, no. the longer well, I live, I'm like, yeah. let's give it a go. Well, let's right. try. Yeah. yeah. We, we wouldn't be having this conversation today or I wouldn't be here mm-hmm. today yeah. if I, didn't do something like kind of just at, like I was after college, I worked retail for about 10 years and like, I was comfortable. I was getting paid, but I hated every minute of it. Mm. Mm. Only after short, I was like, I really hate this, short. but yeah, I was like, I don't like any of this that I'm doing. But then I started like, I started doing more production work and I started getting into uh, doing anything I could, whether it was free or even just there for change. I mean, I just wanted to mm-hmm. get my hands into it. And then I started doing it on my own. And after that, I was like, and I think we were talking before the cameras were rolling, like the fear was getting in my way. The fear of the unknown, the fear of, am I good enough? Well, all those questions were answered. It was like, sometimes I wasn't, but I figured it out. You know, right. so it, it, the, fear, the, fear, the fear didn't matter at yeah. that point. Like, right. So yeah. I, I uh, once I just like kind of let go, I was like, oh, well. So what if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't work? All right. I'll but figure something out. I'll, I'll figure something else There's out. Something yeah. Different. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, yeah. I'm, and then, I mean, just even as human beings, we're, we're very, we're very pliable and we're very uh, able to kind of just like be able to kind of figure these things out. Well, and you know, I think um, when you talk about fear and putting fear to the side um, and you think about um, how much putting fear to the side allows your passion to rise up for mm-hmm. what you're doing. Yep. Uh, and when that takes over, um, that's a different octane of fuel right there. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No that's kidding. high octane right there. Yeah. High octane is yeah. exactly Absolutely. right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. Yes, totally. We were talking about your career at the, um, we were talking about your career at the TV station. Mm-hmm. First uh, one. The first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how long were you at, uh, at that one? Let's see. Um, we talk about this all the time uh, when I get together with these guys. And uh, there are times when we can't remember. <laughs> I think it was 19. Uh, Sometime in the 80s or the 90s. Yeah, this, or was in the, this was in the uh, early and mid, uh, mid-70s. Okay. And so uh, at that station, one day I was sitting there. And the papers had been full of, you know, uh, Dr. Phil Weinberg at Bradley University, uh, dean of the uh, communications college, uh, met with PBS and he was bringing PBS to Peoria. And then the next story in the paper would be they hired Owen Basquin to bring this station to life. 
And the next thing I knew, the two of them were sitting in my office at this cable station. Oh, wow. Offering so, me a job. We, oh. we want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. Me? Oh, oh, that? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so that was just a beginning mm-hmm. of, and again, they were right, right. Uh, they were so excited about what they were doing. So excited. It's Phil contagious. was a professor. He wasn't, you know, his passion was not producing and directing. Mm-hmm. Right. His passion was, okay, period doesn't have this. I'm going to make sure it does. So he did his part. Elwin did his part. And then he hired this great team of, of, of people who um, we, we, we just all fit together. When I say great team, I don't mean it in an ego way. Mm-hmm. He knew how to put people together mm-hmm. in a way that these people were going to really work well together. And, and, and we did. During our... Um, documentary, uh, one of the days we were interviewing him, uh, somebody said, did you ever have doubts about any of us? And he said, yes. We're all like, oops. <laughs> was it me? <laughs> me? And, and it was me. And it was me. And I said, before either of the guys, everybody looked at me and and yeah. I'm like, okay, what I do? Right. He said, you didn't do anything. You came to me one day when PBS sent you the letter saying that Nancy Reagan, when Ronald Reagan was in the White House, was partnering with PBS on um, a drug and alcohol called the Chemical People. Mm-hmm. And it was a national outreach pro- project. Communities, PBS communities, we had a, a community licensee, not a, a university licensee. <clears throat> and so stations and communities around the country would create this outreach project, reaching into the community to talk to parents and kids about drug and alcohol. Not just addiction, but use and mm-hmm. then addiction. Mm-hmm. And then each station would produce their own series of documentaries around PBS documentaries. So I went to Owen one day and I said, I got this big packet in the mail. And I said, I think this sounds really great. Right. He says, you're kidding. And I said, no. He said, okay, I'll look at it. He didn't say no. He didn't say no because he never did say no. Mm-hmm. He looked at it. And a couple of days later, he called me into his office and he said, Okay, I talked to Phyllis about this. I went home one night and said, I'm really worried. This is awfully big jump. And she said, has she disappointed you? And he said, well, no, none of them have. What are you talking about? She said, well, then say yes, like you always do. And so, you know, again, again, somebody saying, go for it. Do the best you can do. This isn't about you. He was always quick to remind those of us who were on the air. And at that time, it was just me. Um, this isn't about you. It's about your guest. Mm. It's about the subject. It's bigger than you. It isn't about nobody cares what you think. Nobody needs to know what you think. Right. Let's let them shine. Yep. Best advice, best advice ever, ever, ever. So anyway, we did the chemical people and um, the community just responded in such an incredible way. Volunteers, all volunteers. I think we had like 19 town hall meetings on the night. On I think there were two nights of this. I'm not sure I'm remembering that right. But anyway, there were 19 different leaders in the Peoria area who decided they were going to be a part of this. And so they would have town meetings, whether it was at a restaurant or in their home or wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, so this community came together to embrace young people and help them understand how dangerous mm-hmm. 
drinking and drugs can be at that age, at any age. And then, of course, we talked to young people who had an, an addiction problem and who were so, we were so blessed by their willing to be open and honest. They weren't afraid. They weren't afraid. Share their story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they were just willing to share their story. Uh, I held, held a lot of hands. Yeah. Maybe that helped. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. But um, so. it, 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 they were the best part of all of that. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. Another really great, I mean, there were lots of those experiences. Yeah. Um, when people say yes, go for it. Instead of. It's empowering. It's so empowering. It says, I, at least I think you can do it. Right. Well, or let's and, find out. Right, right. And you learn so much about yourself. Mm-hmm. There's no time to be afraid in television. No, that's a good no. point. Uh, five minutes before you get the, uh, You're yes. On. <laughs> yeah. Um, am yeah. I going to, you know, am I going to ask a really dumb question? I met Kenny Rogers during the years that um, in the 80s, before civic centers were really big and, you know, in that part of the country. Um, the heart of Illinois Fair was a really big deal, and they had all kinds of really big, well-known top line, top national. line, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the year that Kenny Rogers uh, released, she believes in me. We had my job was to produce it, so you know, got permission to interview Kenny Rogers and all the other performers that 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 year, and to record their program and then cut it together later, and. I was really nervous because I had like this huge crush on Kenny Rogers. <laughs> you know, I think huge, a lot of people huge, huge fan crush. Oh yeah. And so he's on this the 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 uh grandstand mm-hmm. that we used was actually the football, the high school football stadium. Okay. And so we were on the football field doing the interviews, and so was the stage. So anyway, here comes his bus, this big tour bus, and he's walking across looking right at me. And I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> Is I there a back door? I can't do this. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure I'm blushing by that point. Cause he was like, not just did he have this to die for voice. And you know, that part of the musician in my family is like, this yeah. guy is it's big. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, He's yeah, huge. Yeah. But he, anyway, so he walks up to me, he grabs my hand. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Kenny Rogers. Oh, wow. And I went, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, the, the, the director was not in the, in the remote truck. He was standing behind me. And I heard him go. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like. That's such I a said, cute story. I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed. He said, I'm very flattered. <laughs> so. And then you probably settled down and had a great conversation. Oh, we had a great interview. Right? Yeah, a great interview. Yeah. 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 But a little, you know, we have all those experiences and that's yeah. all part of, it's all part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It means you're alive and loving what you're doing. Yes. And yeah. engaged. Yeah. Engaged. Yeah. I love so. that. Yeah. Sometimes as we've interviewed guests, we've, we've said to them, what would be some advice you would give to your 20 year old self now Ooh, that it's yeah. in the rear view mirror? Because we have those times we might be fearful or not have courage. So if we, if you were able to go back and give some advice to, to 20, 25 year old Celeste, what would be some advice you'd give to her? You know, it's a really good question. And um, uh, other people um, ask that same question um, in spiritual circles also. Uh-huh. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I think the answer for me has to go back to what Elwin said. Um, I want you to do your very best. This isn't about you. Do your homework. Always do your homework. Mm-hmm. Don't fly by the seat of your pants. Do your homework. And don't let it be about you. Let it be about something bigger. And um, he, and I, when I say that, I talk about, I guess, maybe different stages of my life since then, because he passed a couple of years ago, right after we did the documentary. Okay. And so he's not here to remind me. Right. I hear him. Yeah. I hear him. Yeah. But I think all through our lives, no matter how old we are, if we're still passionate about working in any way, we have to we have to grow mm-hmm. and we have to we have to hold on to the things that helped us when we were young and afraid and really didn't know what we were doing. Mm-hmm. So that would be it. Oh, that's good. I think that's just a nice uh, cherry on the Sunday for our conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for being with us. Oh, it's gosh. been a joy to thank you to talk to you and hear yeah. more about your journey. Yeah. I gotta find out more about Celeste and I thought yeah. I thought I knew her, but yeah. I got to find some other nuggets. That's yeah. what we said about Elwin. That's what we said yeah. about Elwin. Yeah. yeah. So thank you. This has been just so much fun. So much fun. Thank you. So you much. guys are just doing. I can't wait to see what what all you do. Thank how you. far you go with this. Thank you. We're thank excited. You so much. You're welcome. Yeah. We'll work together one of these days. Yes, we are. Yes, we that, are. That's, the, okay. that's the plan. Let's make it happen. Yes, we are. Thanks for listening to this episode of Leadership Level Up. Please subscribe so you don't miss future conversations with great leaders.